0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Girard. The keys to attraction and retention are transparency and process. Just like having a strong interview structure, compensation structure is also just as critical. Having a clearly defined salary thresholds allows people to be comfortable with your environment while eliminating the uncertainty in the minds of your employees. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business leaders win the right hire. Our mission is to share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Lewis Beryl. He is the founder and CEO of Rocket Play. Rocketplace is a curated marketplace of high-quality professional service providers. Lewis is a three-time founder, investor, and board member. He began his career as a partner at Andreessen Horowitz and was previously a Y Combinator partner part-time. Outside of being an entrepreneur and investor, Lewis is an avid cook and has been recently perfecting his homemade pizza. It's great show at lunchtime, and you mentioned pizza. I'm hungry, Lewis.
1: <laughs> You're keeping me from pizza right now.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Higher Power radio today.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks, Rick.
0: Great to have you. Today, we're going to discuss the benefits to establishing a compensation structure early on, and we're going to provide a four-step process on how to build a successful comp plan. Sound like a plan? Sounds awesome. We're going to talk a little bit about compensation because often positions focus almost entirely on compensation. I find that whether or not you decide to move forward with somebody Is determined a lot of times by compensation which is good and it's also bad my experience i've seen that good people for the right opportunity will bend sometimes they'll take less salary it really depends on what you have to offer What were some of the challenges that you saw that caused you to really look at compensation plan a little bit more directly?
1: When a company is getting started, let's say it's just a very small number of people, you don't really have a compensation plan. You have a thing you need to get done. Maybe you're recruiting your first technical leader, technical co-founder. You're interviewing one or two people and trying to figure out, will you join me on this crazy thing? How much do you make today? Can we work something out, basically? But as a company gets larger, maybe now you're hiring dozens of people People, very often, some of the companies I work with, they could easily be hiring 20 to 100 people in a year. At this point, you might have recruiters on staff. You might work with outside recruiters. You really have to be a lot more thoughtful about how do we think about compensation? How do we think about hiring? How do we think about budgeting and planning?
0: In my thoughts are you should be doing that from the very get-go, even before you hire that first person. You should be thinking about what you can afford and how you can get that person to join you. 100%. What I would argue is that in order
1: to start thinking about how you're going to budget for the next year. And, and you might really need to do that even at the very beginning of your company, because you need to know how much money to raise, etc. You need to start thinking about what level of person do I need to bring in or levels of different people in various functional areas? And how do I think about planning for how many we need and budgeting appropriately? I guess I would argue is, let's say you're thinking about, okay, in my organization, I'm going to need five engineers, or it depends on what stage your organization is. That could be 40 engineers. What you really want to do is you want to work with your team and really the leader of that team to develop a compensation plan in order to effectively hire that next number of people, that 40 people.
0: So what are the challenges that most companies face today? Most of them don't build out a compensation plan until maybe they've gotten funded or they're forced to.
1: I really think all companies, once they do really any amount of hiring, should do this. They can obviously get more detailed as the company gets larger and is hiring more people. But even at the earliest stages, even if you're hiring just a few number of people, I think you should be building out these compensation plans. I guess what I would say, the mistake that people run into, it can be a fewfold. I think it really what the breakdowns become either in a misalignment around the company's values or broader misalignment around fairness at the company. So I'll give you an example of how this happens. If you don't have a thoughtful compensation and hiring plan, you could essentially hire two people that from an experience and skills perspective are exactly the same, but are paid much different in your organization. The problems then become either they're paid much differently or sometimes they're actually leveled inappropriately. So what
0: they're misleveled. So somebody might be same. Exactly. So
1: in essentially, these two people could be broadly. Again, they're the same skills. They're the same experience, and that's going to be reflected once they're in the organization. Those people in the organization are going to realize that you're the same skill, same experience as me. But either we've leveled them in our organization, they have the same titling, but one is getting paid much more than the other, which is broadly unfair and can create all sorts of challenges in organization. Or you've recognized that okay, I'm paying this person more, so I essentially need to give this person a different level, a different title. But that can also create a bunch of challenges in your organization because now these people are working in your organization. This person is titled, let's call it senior engineer instead of just regular engineer. Yes. But actually, their level of experience and quality of their work and all their skills are exactly the same. And so then people in your organization are like, hey, what's going on? Why is this person a senior engineer? And then it creates misalignment that way.
0: Why is this important to a company?
1: Ultimately, there's a bunch of reasons it's important. I think of this term broadly as management debt. If you're not being thoughtful about this, you're not putting in careful practices, around these things. You're essentially accumulating management debt. But what does that mean in specific? Well, in specific, what can be happening is people in your organization are upset. They're basically saying to their manager, why is this person a senior such and such and I'm not? Or don't I deserve a promotion? Or I should get a pay raise. I found
0: out so-and-so is making more than me and I have two more years experience. I mean, it could be-
1: Totally. And And so that could be an example or the challenge also can be as your organization gets larger and you're hiring directors and managers managers, etc., who are building out their own teams. And actually, they're hiring in a haphazard way. They're compensating in a haphazard way. It's creating misalignments of different leveling and promotion. And the people that you hired into your company who now have to go and hire other people, they don't have any guide on how to do that and keep it structured.
0: If you're talking about retention, which is a big concern for a lot of CEOs right now, transparency is the one thing that cinches retention. We get all those questions out of people's heads. They become way more comfortable with Being there, if they don't have questions about, hey, am I being compensated fairly? And right now, you have a lot of fear out there. So people are scared. So it just keeps people engaged.
1: Yeah. And there's really two types of fairness there's internal fairness that happens within your organization. And then there's external fairness, like what is my market value externally? And both of those need to be managed effectively. And then I guess maybe the third part, excuse me, this goes to internal fairness that really needs to help translate into the whole organization is performance. Okay. I'm at the organization and am I performing as expected for my level? And that's both you as an individual employee, am I performing as expected and am I getting the appropriate feedback for my level and am I growing and what does it take to get promoted? But then also actually for the managers themselves, are they communicating performance expectations correctly? Are they holding the people reporting to them with the right level of accountability? Are they letting people go if they're underperforming? Yeah, and so that, that kind of give and take can really get out of whack, actually, if your compensation
0: structure is out of whack. Yeah, are you managing expectations properly are you setting performance metrics that are reasonable that people can attain? Exactly. These are important things. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional resources and content to help you land great hires. Our guest today is Lewis Beryl. He's the founder and CEO of Rocketplace. And we're discussing compensation packages and the importance of it. And I'm gonna lay out a plan that you can plug into your business that'll help you define and build out your own organizational compensation package. So where do we start? If I'm a new CEO and I'm coming to you for advice, Lewis, what are you gonna tell me to do as far as building out a comp package? Yeah, so the first
1: thing that you need to do is you actually really need to discuss what the values are at your company. For example, at Rocket Place, for me, when I'm building a compensation plan, it's very important for me that we have alignment, transparency, fairness within our organization. And we know what that means. So for example, we will come up with, let's say, where we're paying people based on, we'll look at external data for different levels and different functional areas. There might be a wide range of compensation for these people. Given the data we looked at and what we think the market value is, we'll come up with, this is what we want to pay for these levels, for these functional areas. And we're transparent about that. But you're taking
0: Um, it all back to your corporate values first.
1: Exactly. But different companies, for example, Netflix is famous for having a totally different set of values on this. They don't say necessarily everyone at different levels are going to get paid the same. They say the way we compensate people is what your individual market value is. And we'll top that by 10%, basically. Yeah, they got do it too. And they have the money to do it. And that's how internally they're like, our value system is we're going to recruit the very, 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 very best people. And we're going to pay them better than anybody. And that's how we operate. You I'm could watching. also think of Wall Street trading firm, hedge fund, thinking about compensation different than my organization. Maybe, for example, they might be okay with everybody making different amounts of money. And they might say to themselves, actually, what we want is we're not going to be transparent about our compensation at all. We want people that are going to have to negotiate their compensation, because actually, in our organization. Negotiation is such a critical skill that we want essentially to incentivize this constant negotiation. That wouldn't work at my organization. It's not what we value. So that's actually step one.
0: So Really think about what your core values are And then think about that as you're building out your compensation package.
1: Exactly. How do you want it reflected in your compensation?
0: For example, you mentioned fairness. That's probably one of your corporate values. You want to make sure that everything's fair. So across the board, you need to put in measures that build fairness into that compensation structure.
1: Exactly. So step two is actually working with the leaders in your organization to what I call is building out your compensation matrix. So the way the matrix looks is, and I'll simplify this a little bit because they can get more complicated for us, we essentially pay people with a combination of cash and equity stock. And so we essentially build two matrices. The way that matrixy looks is on one axis, you have the various levels in your organization. You could think about that as L1, L2, L3, L4, L5, and then maybe manager, director, VP, et cetera. You could add more granularity or less granularity to that. And then on the next axis, you'd have functional areas, engineering, marketing, sales, finance, et cetera.
0: You're adding, breaking in comp versus equity as well.
1: Yep and there's two of those matrices. So now you have all these cells, you have all these spots. And so this is kind of step three, you have to fill in the cells. And so what you need to do is you need to go out and I mentioned this briefly before, you need to get data on what the market is paying people at different levels and different functional areas in the markets, you're hiring them, but you're gonna see a range there. And then you as an organization need to decide, given the data we've seen, do we want to pay people the average, the average would be the 50th percentile. Do we want to pay people at the 100th percentile? That'd be like the top of the range. Do we want to pay people at the 75th percentile? Where does our organization want to be? And this is usually a dynamic process because you might put in the 75th percentile at first, but then you actually calculate how many people you need at the different levels. And you might look at what is that going to cost you over your annual budget? You might be like, oh, well, we're 20% over our annual budget for headcount. Maybe we have to pay people at the 60th percentile, not the 75th, because we just ran the number.
0: That's a really good point. You have to be realistic. When you're a startup too, where you have some flexibility is usually on the equity side. You probably give up more equity in exchange for cash.
1: Yep, exactly. But I think the important point here is because this is a dynamic process and you're thinking through it, if you then do that, if you say, we're going to pay people at 50% of market, so basically the average of the range, but then we're going to pay people on the high end of equity. And this is where you get to step four. We have to live the compensation matrix. What happens is, what does living the compensation matrix mean? Well, first off, you have to define what each of those levels really means. For L3 engineering, what does that mean from an experience perspective, from a skills perspective? How do we interview for that role, which is going to be different than how we interview for a manager role. And then what is the associated compensation with that? And if we've decided that we're paying people at the 50th percentile but high in equity, we have to recruit people at that level. And here's the problem where people get messed up. People then recruit somebody in an interview process, and they think they're great. They've sourced them and interviewed them on the L3 level, but they've pre-decided that based on how they're going to build out their company, they're going to try to be average for cash but high in equity. But then the person says to you, oh, I make $25,000 more because I'm coming from this bigger company and that's what I want.
0: That's not having the conversation with the candidates up front to see if they're positioned correctly. I find that there's people that will take less salary in exchange for more stock, especially in the valley. Everybody knows that stock is king.
1: Oh, and totally people will take it if you're recruiting the right people and you're communicating to them effectively.
0: You got to communicate those those expectations up front.
1: Absolutely. But the thing that you don't want to do And this can happen at a lot of companies is the hiring manager wants to do one of two things. They want to say either we're off market on our L3 box, so we should pay this person more because look, this person coming from this other place is getting paid more. So we're off market on our L3 box. That's a problem because if you do that, you've now messed up your whole budget and plan for what you were, your hiring budget and plan, or you've broken your value around fairness because all the other L3s that you did previously higher, you're now paying this L3 $25,000 more. Yeah. So that's the first problem that happens. And then they all find out about it. And then you've got an issue
0: or yeah, the other way, th- employees do talk. Oh, of course. Everyone knows. Everybody knows employees, but there's still some naivety among managers where you have this non-confidentiality agreement or what have you, but people still talk. They all know what each other makes. So just know that they're going to find out.
1: And this can go into lots of issues around diversity and inclusion, but do you want how your compensation is defined in your organization based on who's the best negotiator? Or do you want to define your own value system? And I would argue you want to define your own
0: value system. So the other problem that- no way. But for salespeople, you might. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. Maybe salespeople, you want it to be the other way. So then the other problem that happens is, so your manager knows this, your hiring manager knows can't pay an L3 more. My organization will not let that happen. I mean, I have all these other L3s. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to hire this person as an L4 because L4, I can get them the cash they need. But here's the problem. This person isn't actually an L4. I recruited them as an L3. I sourced them as an L3. I interviewed them as an L3. But now the only reason I'm making them an L4 is because I want to compensate them in a different band. And now you've got a different type of management debt. Now you've brought a person into the organization that actually you and the hiring committee believed was an L3. And now you might have performance issues and it's a different issue. It's that L3 on your team looking at this person being like, we have the exact same skills. We have the exact same experience. We're doing the same work. You know, I should get promoted. Why aren't I an L4?
0: That creates dissension in the ranks. If you were the hiring manager, you're going to lose respect real quickly from your people. Exactly,
1: And it also could potentially mess up your budget. Because actually, maybe you were supposed to be recruiting a bunch of L3s and (laughs) in your plan, and now you're bringing on L4s and it can mess up your budget. That's the other thing you have to watch out for when building compensation plans like this that creeps in.
0: We're getting pretty close to time, Lewis. What would be two or three key takeaways that we can give the audience that they can plug into their business today?
1: I certainly think for me, again, it starts with defining your values. The other takeaway for me is really about this is the methodology that works for me. I'm certainly not saying that all companies should adopt this methodology but what i would push all companies to do is define their own methodology really be thoughtful about what does it mean to bring people on how do you hire them how do you build a compensation plan? What does it mean to get promoted, et cetera? Well, and that, do this
0: first before you even start hiring. At least have a framework in place to where you're not scrambling at the end when you're trying to make somebody an offer and then you're just pulling stuff out of thin air.
1: And you should think about this exactly like you would anything else. When you're building out your engineering infrastructure, you're gonna come up with a framework and a plan. If you're thinking about the design of your mobile app, you're gonna come up with a framework and a plan. People are the absolute most important thing in your organization Are you not going to spend the time to come up with a framework, and methodology, and a plan? That's crazy. And this is what ends up happening. People don't do it, and they just build enormous management debt.
0: I'm so glad you said that, because that's something that I think we both believe pretty strongly in. I think Benjamin Franklin said it best, if you build a plan, then plan to fail. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And it doesn't take that much time to sit down and do this. It's a day of your time investment to sit down and think this through and get it down on paper. I know. I talk to entrepreneurs all the time.
1: They ask me about this stuff and I describe what I just described to you. And it's not that complicated. You're putting it into a spreadsheet and it would be better to build it out, even if it was wrong. Because honestly, my argument is it's always going to be wrong. Like we're all living in a dynamic world and it's going to be changing. You're going to get some stuff wrong. But then because you have a plan and you can see where it's wrong, you can adapt and adjust. And that's totally OK. One of the things that we would do in our organization when we get something wrong, let's say we really believe that our L3 engineer compensation was wrong and we changed it because we wanted to hire somebody. You know how we fix that? Because we believe in fairness. We just went to all the people that we previously hired at that level. And we just said, everyone just got a pay raise. And this isn't a performance-based pay raise. We've changed the matrix. We decided that we messed it up. You didn't even have to negotiate for this new money because that was the right thing to do. And you should have gotten
0: it. And that keeps people happy. And man, alleviates a lot of headache for you as a manager. Lewis, well, we're just about out of time for today's show. I want to thank you for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our audience can reach you, find your company, all that? good stuff.
1: Yeah, we're at rocketplace.com. We just launched a few weeks ago. So if anyone's looking to hire service providers, recruiters, software developers, mobile designers, et cetera, you can go to rocketplace.com and search. You can reach me at Lewis at rocketplace.com. Find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I'm Lewis Barrell. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And I also want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening we welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher h-i-r-e Power p-o-w-e-r Radio r-a-d-i-o dot or you can drop me an email at rickettsdriedsearch at dot Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Darius Misuradze. Totally butchered that one. Sorry, Darius. He's the founder at the Real Darius and host of the Great Machine. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick